Hey everyone, this is Megan. And this is Christina. We were friends first. And sisters second. Together we cook, farm, garden, and live life. So grab a mug of tea and join us for this conversation we call Real Life. Hey everyone, Megan here from the Real Life Podcast. Just joining you for a little mini-sode on this partly cloudy afternoon. I just wanted to go a little further into my soaping business, Sunny Homestead. So in the introductory episode, we talked a little bit about how I got into soap making and having worked at Dollar General and seeing all of the different skincare products and not being able to pronounce the majority of the ingredients. And then when we got goats in 2012, that kind of gave me the, the added impetus that I needed to start trying to make soap. So when I started, I began with a very, very simple recipe. It's only three oils, and then for me, I was using goat milk soap as my liquid, and then of course, sodium hydroxide, which is also known as lye. Um, While a lot of people think that lye is too scary and keeps them away from soap making, as long as you take the right precautions, it's not difficult to work with. So for me, that involves, um, you know, safety glasses and gloves and making sure that I have an easy place to rinse or wash myself should I get any onto my bare skin. So it's not a scary thing to use as long as you take the right precautions. So I started making a soap, I believe it was 2013 that I made my first batch. So it's been several years now. And I've decided that that simple recipe is perfect for me. And so I use extra virgin olive oil, coconut oil, and castor oil, all of which are certified organic. And that allows me to create a very cleansing, um, moisturizing, and bubbly bar because I love soap that makes bubbles. So I like to take that base recipe and use different fragrances, essential oils, and natural colorants. So when I first started, I wasn't using micas, but I did use oxides, which are basically a man-made version of things that you could find naturally occurring um, as minerals, but because they're man-made, they don't have any... um, Oh, what do you call it? They're not likely to be contaminated with things like heavy metals and so on. So I started out, I think I was using a brick red oxide, a green oxide. I don't believe I ever used black oxide, but those are the basic colors. And then over time, I decided that, you know what? I want to see if I can do as little man-made, laboratory-made products as possible to color my soap. So that began a journey of finding natural colorants. So I use things like activated charcoal or um, matter root powder or infusing annatto seeds into an oil that I add to my recipe to create a color. Um, One of my favorites is an alkanite, alkanite root infusion. So alkanite root creates a variation of like a pink to a purple 
and that's one of my favorites, especially if I'm making like a lavender soap. And the annatto seed infusion makes a beautiful yellow. Sometimes I use turmeric. Um, I don't tend to use any cinnamon because there's a lot of people with cinnamon allergies and cinnamon can be kind of uh, irritating to the skin. But I use cocoa powder for things like a brown. So I have had a lot of fun coming up with different natural ways to use colorants. One of the things that I have infusing right now besides annatto is yellow dock. So yellow dock is a commonly found weed. Um, I actually, the first time I used it in my soap, I dug it and I chopped the root and I dried it myself and then I infused it into oils and it created the most beautiful like magenta deep pink. Um, that was a lot of work. <laughs> and so I decided that, you know what, I'm going to let somebody else harvest and dry it. And so I was able to purchase it from one of my suppliers. Um, I was able to find someone where it was very reasonable. Um, one of the places I get my ingredients is organiccreations.com and I find that they have very high quality ingredients at the best prices that I can find. So I got my yellow dock root there and that is on its way to infusing in some oil so that I can hopefully create a beautifully brilliant pink soap because pink is another one that's hard to get uh, the color saturation in a natural colorant as you would if you were using things like a mica. And a mica is very much man-made. Oftentimes they have um, added glitter or a shimmery sheen to them and they're fun but like I said I just try and keep my soap more clean and natural. So I take my base recipe, my olive oil, my coconut oil, my castor oil for the nice bubbles, and then my ice cubes of goat milk because goat milk has sugar in it so if I were to just take goat milk and add my lye then it would burn and it creates a not very pleasant smell or color so I like to freeze the goat milk in little ice cubes I weigh it out according to my recipe and then I can add my measured out lye to that and it doesn't create that nasty burnt yellow orange color and then I can decide what scent I want to make and what colors I want to make. And so having lived in the cabin this uh, winter, it was very, very pleasant to have my own studio. It was like a dream come true. Instead of gathering things up from all over the place, helter-skelter, I had everything already set up, ready to go, and I could just make soap whenever I felt like it. So that was really exciting and I'm looking forward to being able to move back into the cabin and make lots more soap. Um, brainstorming today, we're getting ready to do the Lavender Festival the beginning of July. So I have some soap made and I'm just thinking what other products can I make to have available for the Lavender Festival um, that are lavender themed. So that's in Angelica, New York. If any of you guys are local and want to join us, that's Saturday, July 3rd. And it's so much fun. They have vendors come from all over, all different kinds of products, and we have a blast. So after I figure out what scent of soap and what color, then I have to figure out what shape and mold that I want to use. I have gathered quite the collection over the last few years. And another one of my suppliers, Brambleberry, has started coming out with some very, very nice silicone molds. And silicone is a great way to make individual soap molds because they release super, super easily. 
and you don't have your soap getting stuck in the mold, which can be very, very frustrating. So I have molds like the butterfly mold that I mentioned that I used for the wedding. I have other animals like dogs, cats. Uh, I have a couple penguins. There's one hedgehog I really like. I have flowers. So there's one that looks like a daffodil and one that looks like a uh, chrysanthemum or mum. I have little ones that look like seed packets. I have uh, what we call a slab mold, which you can make like six bars at a time and they all have a similar design on them. So I have one that says faith, hope, and love. I have one that's got little pine cones. So I have a ton of different molds to choose from. So once I've figured out my mold and my colors, I can decide how much detail I want to add. And for me, I love making a super beautiful, very detailed bar of soap. So I go so far as to use um, a syringe and I suck up my liquid soap after I've blended everything together nicely. And I say, okay, I'm gonna make the butterfly uh, purple and I'm gonna make the background yellow and I go through and I do all of my detail work and I pour my other color on top of that and then once I've made the soap it has to set for about 12 to 24 hours before I can take it out and then because I make cold process soap which means I don't add heat after I mix my lye solution and my oils together it takes four weeks to cure. So like when I was talking about doing an event like the Lavender Festival, you have to plan in advance to make sure that your soaps are cured in time for people to buy them and then if they use them right away. So that's the only trick with cold process soap making is that you have to make sure you give yourself cure time, especially before major holidays like Christmas. I tend to have a lot of people give my soap as gifts around Christmas. so. Part of being a soap maker is I have to make sure I schedule these things and uh, leave myself enough time for the cure. And then over the years, I've branched out and I have another couple of recipes, two I'm testing right now for like a facial bar of soap. And then one that I really, really like for, um, I specifically designed it for babies, but it could also be used for people who are elderly and have very uh, fragile skin, and that includes cocoa butter. So that's another um, ingredient added to my base recipe that is really nourishing for the skin and very, very gentle. So I very much enjoy making soap. It's my little artistic outlet, and uh, I can't wait to have my soup soap studio set my soap studio set back up so that I can create some more. Thankfully I was able to make a decent amount while I was at the cabin and uh, so I have that curing and ready to package for sale. So I would love to hear from you guys if you have questions about my soap making or any of the other products I've mentioned. I can do another mini-sode on one of those sometime. Um, like I said, I, I use organic ingredients. It makes the soap a little more expensive, but I think it's totally worth it for the peace of mind that I have um, on using it on you know my nephews and my own skin and making sure that I have the best quality available. So thank you all for joining me on this little mini-sode, and I will see you again shortly. Thanks so much for joining us today. 
If you enjoyed this content and want to know more, check out our social media links in the show notes below. Until next time, friends!